Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I inspire you to take action with stillness, let go of chaos, and step into your future self on this podcast. We have special, high-performing guests each week who share mindset tips and their spirituality, helping us all prepare to be the best we can be for our future. Let's Dare to Move. Happy Sunday to those of you listening on Sunday. Glad to have you here. It's been, there's still, there's been a lot of content. I know I just spoke about how much content is out there on Wednesday, but here we are again with more lessons. And today, what's really exciting is that we have a guest named Gavin McHale, and he so eloquently teaches about or I should say imparts wisdom on how letting go of his ego has been a huge part of his, of his work in being able to grow his business and show up the most fully as a coach. And I love that because um, as a solopreneur, as someone whose business is kind of based off of, of themselves, like I think maybe authors could relate to this or artists, um, there's a lot of attachment to who we are and how we make money. And I think sometimes there, it's important to, to discern, you know, a separation between um, the income we're making from our talents and our abilities versus just um, our income equaling our value as humans. And I know that's kind of, I don't know, that's a lot to digest about one minute in, but that's kind of what this conversation circles around. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear that and, and also hear his story about the shift he's made um, from being an in-person coach to an online coach. And now he is a coach for coaches, which is super cool. So similar to me, he's he's coaching a, a wide range of people, but he does a really good job of sharing his journey to get to where he is today and the work around um, ego and, and himself, really, that's been the biggest roadblock. So I'm really excited to share this conversation with you, and uh, especially for those of you who are in the fitness industry, or maybe you know somebody who is, who's trying to figure out how to hybridize themselves. I don't even know if that's a word, but going through maybe a hybridization of knowing that they'd like to go back to coaching in person, but that um, right now they do need to figure out an online offering now more than ever, given um, the current state of the world and us not being able to meet in person. So I hope there's a lot here for you. I, I believe that there is. So um, enjoy a uh, really cool story about how I met Gavin. Um, we met on LinkedIn and it's a very, you can tell that we are totally on the same vibe and um, able to have this really great meeting of the minds because of his genuine, authentic message on LinkedIn. So if you take anything from him and uh, this podcast, maybe it's just that making sure you're aware of your energy when you send a message to someone and knowing not just like, oh, I should make it personal to be personal. It's like, no, like know where you're coming from and what your intention is. And he goes into a lot um, about his awareness and his intentions in this and you'll get to see like I'm this this whole episode is a manifestation of him working with intention sending me a really genuine message on LinkedIn me being receptive to that and then something really beautiful coming out of it so 
please um, relax or do something productive like running if that feels right for you while you're listening to this podcast. And thanks as always, as always for tuning in. Um, Please let me know if there's anything I can do for you during this time. And I think you might, I don't know yet, you might be hearing from me on Wednesday. Time will tell. Um, But without further ado, here is Gavin McHale. Welcome to the podcast, Gavin McHale. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Great to be here. Glad you are. I love that we connected on LinkedIn. There's, um, I'm sure as you're aware, there's so, um, so many people reaching out on LinkedIn and I find myself rather annoyed with the constant uh, messages I get from strangers, but something about your, your message really was not off-putting. So it's kind of cool that it transpired into this. So thank you for reaching out. Oh, that, that actually means a lot because that is exactly what I'm going for because I know that everyone is getting bombarded with messages right now. So I, I'm really going for, I want people to feel the, that I actually care about them. Yeah. Well, definitely translated and I'm excited to dive into that in a little bit more today about how you work. But before we go there, I do have a quote per usual Excellent. for the podcast. And today's, um, there's a kind of famous, I would say, entrepreneur. And if he, I don't think he would ever listen to this, but if he did, he might be offended or I don't know what he would say if I compared him to Gary Vee, but he's kind of like the Australian Gary Vee. And uh, in my opinion, and his name's Jack DeLosa and he and I share a common um, executive coach. And uh, he said, fear should not be where you get your hustle from. And I would love to know how that hits you. That hits me so deep in the feels. Um, so very recently, I've come to a realization that a lot of my um, purpose and identity when I was younger came from wanting to impress other people and and being fearful of not being accepted. Um, and it has been a daily, almost hourly fight against my ego and against my um, subconscious brain of saying to myself, um, you don't need to be accepted. You are worthy. You have been accepted. Um, You know, you don't need to impress anyone or achieve anything in particular to be accepted as a good person. So I think that as soon as I hear that, you know, that is where my hustle came from when I was younger, uh, when I was in sports or school or initially in my business. And I want my hustle now, you know, what I've been working towards recently. And I think what maybe resonated with you is I want my hustle to come from um, my purpose to serve others, my purpose to want to coach. Mm, I love that. And I, I feel that because um, I know we connected a little bit about this, but my background is in coaching. And although I, I don't want to say I dip my toes in the sand because I kind of, or the water, because I kind of jumped all in in 2014, but it's taken me a good six years to really feel aligned with the precise type of coaching that I do. And I I really want to go there into um, the art of coaching today, which is exciting to me. But before we unveil too much about your work, I would love for you to tell the listeners who you are, maybe by where you live, where you come from, what you do for fun, what your life is like. Because I think as entrepreneurs, it's easy to get caught up in our work and letting that define us. And so I want to separate it. I will start by saying I'm an incredibly proud Canadian. 
Okay. Uh, I, am, uh, I am from the middle of Canada, a place called Winnipeg. And um, first and foremost, I am a fiance. I'm very excited. Uh, we're still hoping that September is, uh, is going to work out. Um, and I am a cat dad. So that's a big part of my life. Um, but I think the biggest thing in terms of who I am, what I've learned is um, I'm, I'm someone who's always searching for um, freedom. And what really resonated with me about your podcast of building a life that I can be, that I can be proud of, not that other people are proud of. Ooh, wow. That was a very concise, but telling intro. <laughs> it might have been one of the best. Thank you. Um, I'm also a fiance, so we connect on that. And Congrats. Um, currently our wedding is for July. And so we are really flirting with the line yeah. right now of <laughs> what's yes. possible. Um, but yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Um, let's go into um, coaching. Let's just jump right into that. And I would love to know um, a little bit about your journey into the coaching world. I know a lot of the people you work with and a lot of the people that I've also worked with share the common theme of fitness and mm -hmm. um, what I think uh, is kind of cool in the way that I look back on my career and some of my friends and other colleagues in this space is that the art of coaching really started in this kind of hands-on way of like personal training, right? And being there and seeing the, the faces of our clients. And, and so knowing how to do that it felt really important for me. And it wasn't until later for me that I was introduced to the idea that it was possible to do that in a distance way and coach mm -hmm. people around the world. Um, there's just kind of been this stair step of like um, being able to reach more people. And so I'd love to know where your roots are in coaching and then what that transformation has looked like for you. Yeah. Well, my roots actually initially started, I, um, I played a pretty high level of hockey. Uh, and so my roots started in, I was a university student playing university hockey in Canada where, you know, there's less than no money. Uh, so I needed some money coming in and I'm a goalie. So it's a pretty specialized position. So there was pretty good money in goalie coaching. So in order to make money to help pay for, to help top up my, my money for school was uh, goalie coaching. And I just really, I loved seeing kids that were invested and kids that really wanted to do it, get results and have the moment, you know, the, the light bulb moments <clears throat> and really start to see their own success. Um, and then that sort of started to translate into, as I was going in through kinesiology to coaching the same kids or the hockey players off the ice. Same thing. We had some great results. We started to see some things. Um, and I really just like, Again, I kind of like jumped on board with that. I start, I loved seeing success and then, you know, translate into general population with the, the in-person personal training, the more traditional personal training, so to speak. And again, like you get to spend time with incredible people. You get to form these deep relationships with them as not only a coach, but a friend. And that was something that really resonated well with me. I, you know, like I said, I've been dealing with a lot of different things coming up in terms of what really drove me. But I think what drove me the most and what I've taken is relationships, um, is helping people see their truest potential 
because that's something that with my hockey journey, I realized that I never really got to see my truest potential for a number of reasons. And so I've started to put that into my purpose and into my coaching to help people get to that place where, you know, everyone else maybe can see that they can get, maybe they've said, said they think they can get there, but they don't, don't know if they truly believe it. Mm. And when you have those principles, those overarching principles, I think to what you said, it really doesn't, you know, it really doesn't matter where you are. You could be right across the room from them. You could be right beside them, or you could be a thousand miles away. But if you, if you have those coaching principles, um, deeply ingrained and you let those out when you're coaching the person, that's, I think when you can get the results. And that's what I think what's so powerful about being a coach. Wow. Yeah. And one thing that you just said there, uh, that stood out to me or that I guess I'm relating to is you said, um, you want to work with people who are really invested in getting the results. And I've said for a long time that I work with highly motivated individuals and it almost, there was a period of time in my life where I thought maybe that seems like I'm not a good coach. Like I only want to work with high caliber people so that the high caliber caliber results are guaranteed, but it's actually, I think now the quite, quite opposite. Like it takes that big investment, whether that's part of that is creating the container and making it a high um, investment monetarily, but also putting their whole selves into it so that the transformation can happen. Um, so I really love that you and I share that. The one thing that's, um, that I'm curious about, because you hear about this a lot in the industry, um, when you started in a place of you know, being a goalie coach, right? And you're actually meeting people on the ice maybe or in the weight room, personal training. I actually had a similar thing where um, there was a time right out of college, I was teaching gymnastics lessons um, because I love that and why not? And, uh, And then personal training. So at that time, I was so excited at the opportunity to put myself out there and to work with people. What I started doing, which is a, I don't wanna say fallacy, but a pretty normal habit as humans is once we get a little bit of money coming in or a couple clients coming in, we want more and we just start stacking it until there's a point of exhaustion. And there's a point of like, okay, well, if I could work from 5am till 10pm and all those hours are booked, I can make X amount. And then maybe one week you do that and you make X amount and you're like, that's, I'm dying. I'm so exhausted. So how have you um, managed your schedule and been able to scale yourself? So I distinctly remember a day where I was like driving out to like this small town near, near my hometown to coach a hockey practice. And I had like started at 6am coaching clients. I had, um, you know, gone home briefly, gone back to coach more clients. I had coached like a hockey team off ice. And then I was driving out for like a 9pm hockey practice in this tiny town in this ice cold rink and thinking about how in one moment about how, wow, I made so much money today and I really crushed it. And then the next moment, but like the only place I want to be right now is in my bed. Like I do not want to be here at all. And the exact same, you know, when you say that it just, it just brought back that memory, but that's the, that's the issue with, with the industry is you're like, well, I'm on this high of helping people. I realize now, holy smokes, I can actually make a living doing this. Like, let's combine those two. You're also, you know, a lot of people, it sounds like you as well, 
when they get into the industry, they're high achievers. They've always been high achievers. So it's like, well, I want to win at this now. So yeah. how do I win? I guess I make more money. I work with more clients. I do more. Do more, and then do it more. Becomes, yeah, do more, do more, right? And then it becomes like, well, at what point am I completely tapped out? And that's when I realized, that's, this is when I actually had just started dating my now fiance. And that's when I realized, like, I don't think this is going to be sustainable. Uh, mm. You know, not only if there's kids in the future or whatever it is, but I don't think this is even going to be sustainable to hold down a relationship mm -hmm. to be able to really even like be my true self and do the things that I want to do. And, and that's where I got capped out. And that's when I started, you know, you and I somewhat connected on the online piece uh, or the hybrid business model piece. That's where I started looking into that. And I started reading about that and going like, you know, even if it's not like, a fortune it'd be really nice to make some money and not have to be in the in the space with the person or on the ice with the person or driving to where they are it'd be really nice to be able to do that um, and still get results you know from you know the comfort of my office or my home you know mm, yeah and that also makes me circle back to the idea of the type of people people or the person that you attract to work with, right? Because um, part of my value was always working with people who want to get results. Like I always thought if I'm going to personal train this person for six months, I hope that's the longest I do because I want to teach them how to fish essentially so they can keep fishing for themselves. And, um, and there's a certain type of person who does that. And then that person, if they want more education or they want uh, to continue to grow their glutes or get a bigger deadlift. It's like, oh, I'll write you a program. You have to go to the gym and follow it by yourself. So for you, I'm, I'm imagining that it does take a highly motivated person to follow your coaching when you're not there. And I think that that's why the coaching industry really does, especially distance wise, take uh, the clients have to be high achievers too <laughs> in, in so many ways. Yeah, I remember um, the first time that I was, I had invested in a business coach. I was out, um, you know, I was out at like at, uh, one of the meetups and he was kind of like breaking down my business. And he's like, you're trying to talk to people who like, because what I wanted to do was I wanted to help the people who like maybe weren't comfortable in the gym. I thought that that was like a really good idea. And in theory it was. And he's like, this is like a very nice thing of you to want to do. But when you're looking at someone online, it needs to be a different type of person. It needs to be someone who knows their way around a gym because they're not going to go in there on their own. Like he's like, if you want to help someone who's scared of the weight room, you need to work with them in person. It needs to be someone who knows their way around a gym. It needs to be someone who's motivated to get off the couch and go, even if they don't have an appointment with someone. Yes. And that's when you, that's, that's when you start to realize like, oh, these are the motivated people. You know, the people that I work with on, uh, in person that I've worked with in the past, they're great people and I love them and they've, they've really kickstarted everything that I've been able to do. But, you know, there does come a point where it's like, okay, you're going to need to cut the cord here and go do your own thing because, you know, you just continuing to show up, pay me my money and do the thing and then go home and probably not do that much else is not going to get you where you want to go. And we've been doing this thing for five years. Like when, when is the dam going to break? Whereas I'm, you know, three months, I'm getting great results with online clients because they're just 
on it and, and I'm checking in with them and they're like, yeah, no, my nutrition's great. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. My sleep's awesome. And I'm like, wow, like really? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that is definitely, and that's when you really start to see like, okay, like not only is the, is, is going online with the coaching and, and working with that group of people, um, maybe better time-wise in terms of time for money, but you're also going to get great results if you find the right people and if you have the right kind of platform for it. Totally. And one thing, um, well, I have so many thoughts, uh, but the one thing I'm going to say that I think is triggering for a lot of trainers, and I've said this before, and I don't mean to sound disrespectful because right now in my life, the I still do one form of in-person coaching. And it's for a company called Barry's Bootcamp. They're all around the world. And I do pre-coronavirus five classes a week, which is not insignificant. Um, But what I say does not go against Barry's. So I'm trying to get Barry's out of the picture. But I felt like personal training was babysitting for the exact reason that you just described, where it's like, I have to be with you for an hour. I have to count all your reps. I have to basically treat you like a child that is completely incapable and then let you go on your way. And there's there, unless there's, you know, we've all had those couple clients that really learn it in the session and then they, you know, leave us. But um, I think that can be triggering for personal trainers, but think about it. It's an hourly rate. It's being hands-on all your attention's there. And when you do scale and go online, like, I remember the part of the reason I stopped personal training was I thought that hour could write an article or a blog that goes viral and 4,000 people see it. Mm -hmm. Or in the case of teaching berries, I can coach 50 people in the room who are going to put it on their Instagram and reach all of those people. So it's kind of like a, how, who can I reach? But the other thing you said that really stood out to me is um, your investment in a coach. And um, as strength coaches, as business people, I think coaches need coaches. So talk to us a little bit about your experience with that. Cause I've been very open about mine, um, on this podcast. And I think people need to continue to hear that message that when you hire someone, it's not because you're, it's exactly what we're saying. It's because we're highly motivated. It's because yeah. we need, we, we want to learn more. So I recently heard a really, I can't even remember where I heard this, but someone said, um, you know, when you make an investment in a coach, whether it be like your clients or you or anything, when you make an investment in a coach, it's you telling the universe and telling everyone and telling yourself, I'm no longer just dabbling in this. I'm no longer just like thinking about it. I'm going, yeah, I'm, I'm going all in, right? You're telling yourself you're telling, especially if it's like a, a high ticket program that, that, you know, that isn't cheap per se, you're, you're going all in. You're like, I, and, and, and that shifts something in the world around you, but it also shifts something within yourself. So my first, my, my first investment in the coach was probably, I jumped again, like you talk about jumping in head first was uh, 12K over a year. And it was... 12k USD and when you're if you if you know the Canadian US dollar that's more like 20k um and I did not have that money but I had an incredibly supportive girlfriend uh my financial advisor was like look worst case scenario you've spent 20k and you've at least learned something right 
And so what I found, so I've had three business coaches over the years, and I've actually recently transitioned to more of a business coaching capacity of helping personal trainers do what I was able to do. And what I found through the business coaches is not only are you going to like learn the tactics and learn the strategies and all that, but you're telling yourself something that like, I want people to invest in me as a coach, but I'm not willing to invest in a coach for myself. Like you have to be willing to invest in a coach for yourself, right? The best coaches have coaches, right? And any coach that I've worked with, all three of the coaches that I've worked with have their own coaches, whether it be business or writing or whatever it is, they've all have their own coaches. And so I think that that's a super powerful thing. I think the biggest thing that I got out of any business coaching, and I'm still a part of the group is, is the, um, it just raises your game. Like you, you know, you just have to, so you're around all these other people, or even if it's just one-on-one, you're like around your coach or you're talking to your coach regularly and it forces you to raise your game. Uh, I think Ed Milet talks about the internal thermostat. It forces you. Yeah. On this podcast, I've been bringing that up a lot because, um, and sorry to interrupt you, but what just came up, it's, it's a metaphor for that too. Like if you don't believe that someone can spend $5,000 on you, it could help to spend $5,000 on someone else, but also you have to do that internal work. Same thing goes for fitness. Like I had a point in my life when I was bodybuilding and I had like, you know, no body fat, like six pack, but I didn't believe my internal temperature was really there. And I sabotaged my way out of it, you know? So it's, that's Because you had to get point. back down to what was acceptable for you or what was comfortable for you. Yes. Yeah. 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 You're, you, I, I've just, this is something I've been recently chatting about with my, with my mentor a lot because, you know, I'm stuck here in Winnipeg. Uh, you know, it's not like even pre-coronavirus, it's not like I can go for coffee with like some of the best coaches, say if I lived in San Diego or whatever, right? Or New York or anything like that. But um, you know, he mentioned to me, like, you know, if you go to say a live event, right. And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, after the live event, you're just like all over it. You're doing all the work, doing all the things. And then Thursday, Friday, and then the next week and the week after you're like, Oh, like, where did that go? Right. It's because motivation is fleeting and you have to continue to stoke the fire. And if you don't stoke the fire, you know, what a great metaphor for thermostat, but you know, say your thermostat set at 66, and you know it goes up to seventy two after that weekend. Well, it's gonna creep its way back down to what your norm is, to what it's set at, right? So we have to do the work every day, whether that be getting getting you know into conversations like we're having right now. This is a huge reason why I think this is so valuable because we can get into these conversations more often and start to creep our thermostat up, our our, our set point of our thermostat, so that when it goes up to seventy two or seventy three. It doesn't go back down to 66. It goes back down to 70. And we're always at that level. That's how you grow. That's how you become better, right? Yeah. And it also just, I'm a huge um, believer in manifesting and the law of attraction. Like there's a reason that we even connected when I'm filtering mm-hmm. through 20 some messages on LinkedIn that are all BS. And then I'm like, oh, I actually want to talk to him. No idea why, but I just, you know, and now we're having a very valuable conversation. And um, I think you attract where you are, but part of like what you're talking about of maintaining that is continuing to surround yourself with a tribe of mentors. And I don't know about you, but 
my clients, the more work I do with my clients, that also instills in me my power and my value because they're giving me, uh, they're allowing me to show up and then I'm allowing them to show up. And it's this um, really cool synergistic thing where I'm only the coach I am because of the caliber of my clients. And that circles us all the way back to where we were before, which is people who are investing in coaches are highly motivated people who want to make a change. And so we know that to be true, but I would love for you to tell the audience maybe what your growth edge has been or what your struggle that turned into a growth edge was as far as selling um, your clients on a program. And so you've already given one good piece of advice, which is that you had a coach. You kind of have already tapped into that energy of, I've invested, therefore I know people should invest in me. I believe in the investment. However, it's still challenging. There's still a sticking point. And um, another thing you said was that, uh, so eloquently was that when you invest in coaching, you're basically telling the universe and yourself that you're here to do it. But as mm -hmm. coaches, what I find is, the coaching begins when you help someone decide if they're ready to jump in or not. But there's oh, an art, yes. there's an art in that, right? So what has that been like for you? Uh, you know, I can say wholeheartedly with, without a shadow of a doubt that the number one thing that I've had to work on is my own mindset. Um, and I think that word means a different thing for a lot of people. So another way that I could put it would be uh, my own self-awareness, um, subconscious work, so to speak of, you know, what are the mental parking brakes that I have that are holding me back? Right. Because, um, one of the big things that I always remember, especially with my first two business coaches was like, I was sitting there going like, I have every tool I could ever need. I know how to write. I know how to get published on big websites. You know, I know how to do my content. I think, you know, I know how to sell all this stuff. Like, why is it not happening the way I want? And it was literally because, consciously I wanted something, you know, consciously I was like, yep, I want to go get this thing. But subconsciously, which our subconscious brain is 95 to 98% of our brain. Subconsciously, my brain was saying, well, you can't have that. You're not good enough. Or, you know, you're, you know, I grew up with two nine to five parents who that's was their belief. Like you can't make that much money. You can't have that much freedom. Like that was the belief that was kind of ingrained into my head. So doing my own mindset work, becoming more self-aware, um, learning what my triggers are subconsciously and what, um, what I need to continue to work through has been the biggest part of not only being able to um, grow myself, grow my business, become more clear on what it is I want, but then like you said, like the selling piece especially I'd love to bring up like the, the fact that we are in a delicate time right now of mm -hmm. the world. And, you know, anyone who thinks that it's going to go back to normal is in deep trouble because it's not in my opinion. <laughs> um, so we have to, you know, when you're selling, like if you feel sleazy or salesy, like what do you think the person on the other end of the phone is going to feel mm -hmm. right? We have to come from this place of, being incredibly self-aware and, and also like not coming from a place like an, I need your money place mm -hmm. coming from a place where we're going to actually serve the person on the other end of the phone or on the other end of the video call where we want to serve them. We want to get what they want out of it. And then if we both feel that that's the right fit, that's when we can move forward into, like you said, helping them make the decision to move forward. 
I think, I hope I answered your question there, but I could go on a million different tangents when it comes to mindset work and self-awareness. Oh my gosh. I appreciate you, the way you answered it, because you just really nailed the art of like what I'm doing now too, because part of my offering is nutrition coaching, but that is mindset work too. And so 100%. when I realized that I'm like, why don't I do the same work, but around someone's business or their teamwork yeah. or their leadership or whatever. And so I'm right there with you. I totally feel what you're saying. And what I didn't expect to go here, but now it, you kind of now opened it up. <laughs> now we're here. What's cool is um, one of the things that I've found I've been tested with, and I don't know about you, is that I know energetically the laws of attraction and manifesting things, right? And like what you're speaking of, which is really deeply believing it in yourself, subconscious and your self-worth and knowing like, yes, I, um, I am worthy of a client paying me 10K. I am worthy of that 20K investment that maybe you also spent. Like I actually have done that as well with a coach. And so you bring up your own worthiness and then Corona happens. And with Corona, we can't go out and do like you were saying, all the coffee meetings. We can't yeah. do the speaking events. We can't do all that. So for me, it's really been testing my my actual worthiness because all that stuff's been stripped away. And I have to sit here and be like, okay, I'm worthy of receiving consults. I'm worthy of receiving potential clients. And so when you think about um, manifestation and how you have continued to cultivate business during this time and really just in your business uh, uh, over time, what does manifestation look like for you? Is it a journal practice? Is it speaking it out loud? Like how has that, what has it been like for you? Yeah. So manifestation work for me in terms of uh, mindset stuff. So one of the biggest things that I've been working on, so I have a pretty substantial morning routine um, that as one of my mentors has said, it's like walking the dog, you know, you wake up and your animal brain is going crazy. I suck. I'm not good enough. This is so bad. You got to walk the dog. You got to get that out. Right. So what I'll do is I'll often if something's rattling around in my head in terms of like what's what I'm afraid of, I'll just I'll just write that out. Um, you know, I'll write out what I what I whatever I can get out, and and even if it goes to a pretty dark place, I will take it there. It doesn't necessarily feel good, but I know that the rest of my routine is going to get me out of there. Um, so I'll write that out, and then I'll and then what I'll do is I'll I'll write out the lie that I'm telling myself around that. So it kind of like forces my subconscious to, to believe and understand that that is a lie, that that's not the truth. And then I will write out the truth um, when it comes to that. So like the lie is, but then I will write out the truth and then I will read to myself like the truth is, and I will say that. Um, then I'll go into, I've got it right here in front of me. I've got like a little like one page, a little like, I call it in my course, we call it our morning shot of caffeine. So it's, uh, it's just all around like who we want to help and what our real purpose is. And that's really helped me to, again, get in line with like, hey, man, like this is bigger than you. This is bigger than your little beliefs that you don't think you're good enough. You've got to get past this. Um, and then in terms of, um, I guess it's, I've kind of gone off on a bit of a tangent again, but um, you talk about manifestation, you talk about helping people, you know, especially in this time, I had a really tough day, say like a weekend when I realized like the in-person coaching that I was doing was gone for at least the foreseeable future. So the cushion that I had in my life 
in terms of income was gone. And I had a tough time coming around to that. And I realized that subconsciously a lot of my conversations. So if I had reached out to you that week before that, it may have been a different story because my energy and my intention behind any messaging or content or anything was very much, I need your money because mm -hmm. I need to get through this, right? Mm -hmm. I decided at that moment to make a shift to, um, it's my duty to serve is, you know, I've taken on the responsibility as a coach to serve. And so when I came from that place of energy and that place of intention and that place of I, I, like manifestation, like, Hey, I'm here to serve you and support you. Right. And then that, you know, for example, you know, I'll, I'll send out messages and things like that. And some people will not be as nice as you and they will get back to me and say, this is a joke. I can't believe you're trying to sell people something in this time, this crazy time. And it's hard, but you have to say like, that's on them because my energy and my intention is to help them. And yeah. if you truly believe that your energy and intention is to serve someone and to help someone, then when you reach out or when you, you know, make an offer for your program or whatever it is, as long as it's like fair, like, Hey, I'm going to give you value for you giving me value, then you have nothing to worry about. Right. And that's what allows you to continue growing your business during this time. But more than growing your business, continue to serve and continue to give people what they need right now because they need it more than ever right now. Yeah, I think coaching is more important than ever. I, I wish that enough people had had, um, I think Jay Shetty said, as far as meditation goes, he's like, if any, if everyone had a mystical experience the first time they meditated, we'd all be running to meditate. And same with coaching. If you had had a really powerful experience with a coach right now, you would be just trying to hire the right person. Yeah. Um, and so it is frustrating for those who haven't maybe tapped into it to understand that. But I, I agree with you. And I think the couple of things that just popped up for me when you were explaining that is this idea of like clean energy. And I learned that message with my coach um, when it comes to like this clingy energy or the salesperson energy of when you're coming from a place of lack or scarcity, um, you want the outcome to come one way or another. And the, whether you say it or not, it's like the person on the receiving end can feel that clingy energy. Yeah. And even if you're trying to tell them like almost reverse psychology them out of it without realizing it, they can feel that if you feel like you really need it. So it's important, I think, like you said, with your morning routine is a perfect example to check in on what is my energy? How might this be perceived? But then you did, an, I was going to ask you a question that you already answered for me, which is, so what if my energy is clean and I still get a bad response? And the answer is that, that that person might just not be in their wisdom. They might be experiencing that. And that's okay because we right here are the perfect example of how when you will attract what, what is supposed to come to you, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you sent the same message you sent to me to 20 other people and those 19 of them were like, you're crazy. Why are you reaching out to me right now? The person yeah. that was supposed, something was supposed to happen responded and here, here we are. So yeah. It's a really interesting, I think coronavirus has put us all in, not only forced us to learn the lesson we're supposed to learn, but to really test it in the purest form because there's no distractions, um, which is, is wild. So when you think about serving, um, I've, I've been putting that at the forefront of my mind as well. What is the balance for you? Um, 
with giving out free content uh, during this time. I've been doing a lot and I've already had a podcast that's two episodes a week for people and I created yeah. a free group and all this stuff. And it's, it is a lot, but I also have the capacity for it now. So what's your take on, on that? Yeah. I mean, again, I think what has been coming up for me much the same as for you is like how, how can I support people during this time? So I have certainly, I have certainly expanded the amount of secret sauce, so to speak, that I'm giving away. Um, and so I was at a virtual live event at the end of March. So it was supposed to be in San Diego. They changed it to via Zoom and there was like 45 people on there. We had breakout rooms going. We had like, it was amazing. And, and it was much cheaper than me flying to San Diego from Winnipeg. So we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> But one of the, um, we did some, on the second morning, we did some uh, breath work, like Wim Hof style breath work. And um, one of the guy who is running it, he runs a, a company called uh, High Vibe Holistic. So it's, it's very holistic health, um, very woo woo, so to speak. And he had uh, 12 spiritual principles of service. And the 12th one was service. And what he said to that was, I'm just going to read it because he said Please, it really well. I love it. I've got it. I've got it right in front of me here. Um, you, you can keep what you've got by giving it away. And wow. I think what he meant. Wow. Yeah, it's powerful. And what that meant to me, I guess, I guess it doesn't really mean what he meant, but what, what I took that as was um, if there's ever a time to like, to say, Hey, like I'm going to pull back the curtain on something and, and, and show you this now's the time. And, and, uh, you know, I've done that a couple of times where I've been like, Hey, I'm just going to do like a webinar. If you, if people want to show up and I will do it and I will share it with people if they want, and I will do everything that I can to bring people value so that they can, s I think the biggest thing that I wanted to create during this time is a mindset shift for people of like, so especially for personal trainers of like, I can do this, like I can go online, like it is possible. It's going to be hard, but it is possible because I think a lot of personal trainers and even maybe like their clients aren't sure about this whole thing. They're like, no, that's not for me. Like I, I'm, you know, I'm a really good in-person coach. I love the connection with people. Yeah, I get it. But now are you seeing how fickle this whole thing is? Because mm -hmm. if, if we break our leg, we're done and we can't coach anymore. And what this allows, again, like you said, what this has allowed us to see is that there are different and better ways to, to provide the same or a better result. Mm -hmm. And so I think what has come for me in terms of giving away free content is it's, it's just shifted my perspective. Like I think, I think people need support right now. And I think if you can show up and serve, like, I don't think, for example, that you need to give away more, but it's, it's on me and you, it's on people like us to make sure that the people who are ready and the people who need it can see it mm. and can, can get what they need out of it and, you know, can subscribe to your podcast or can, you know, watch the videos on LinkedIn and, and, you know, maybe they take the next step. Maybe they're not ready financially, mentally, emotionally, but maybe that can provide a shift for them that they need. Maybe that can be the one thing that they need to 
to cat, you know, be the catalyst to move forward and make change. Totally. And so much just came up for me when you were saying that, but the, the, the major thing too is like what the last thing you just said is it, it almost like plants a seed. So like maybe, yeah. maybe, um, I don't know, maybe someone saw that I liked your posts and then they saw it and they got this one shift that changed so much for them. And then when, when their friend was struggling, their friend needed help. And then that person was like, Hey, go check out this guy. And then that was the person that's ready to invest. And, um, what I found from being online for so many years is there are people who, I don't want to say they're like leeches, but like they will eat up every free offering that I possibly put out, but never engage with me in coaching until they do. And what I find is they finally pull the trigger, so to speak, because they need the accountability. And I think that Mm. accountability is um, attractive for people when, um, one, they feel like the person cares, but also that the person's been through it. So something you said earlier that I just want to remember to kind of echo, because I forgot, is um, you mentioned that when you met your now fiance, you were like, this isn't sustainable. And Mm. One of the things that stood out to be a, me, a, well, also I had a very similar story. My, my fiance is a eight to like 4.30 kind of like business hours guy. His weekends are like vacations. And when yeah. I was like, you know, doing a couple classes on Saturday, a couple classes on Sunday, client calls, it was like, I have no freedom. I have no freedom. And so my first coach, um, well, coach slash friend basically was free, but Jordan Diet, when I helped, when he helped me go online, freedom was the first thing that came up for me. And Mm -hmm. um, when you have a mentor that has walked the path, even if it was only a year before you, it makes the accountability more attractive. So what, um, what would you say attracted you to your coaches that you've hired before? So the first coach um, was another one of the OGs of the online world. Um, a very well-known and somewhat lightning rod person named John Romanello. Who coached uh, Jordan, by the way. Yes. Yes. So when, when you mentioned that, I was like, okay, uh, who, who are we talking here? So John, <laughs> I had no real connection with John. I had actually read his book. Um, and I had a couple of friends who I had met at fitness events that were involved in his coaching. And the, the thing that drew me to him was exactly what you said. Like, I was like, I know that I can do this. Mm -hmm. Why is this not happening for me? Mm -hmm. And he had done it. He had been there, um, on a grand scale, but he had done it. He had been there. And that's what really, that's what really drew me to it. And, And at the time, like I said, my ego and all these interesting things that I've now come to believe, um, were driving me towards money. It was like, I just want more money. I want to be able to do it without having to be in the gym. So I guess in a roundabout way it was freedom, but I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second coach, what really drew me to him was, you know, very much to your point, I felt like a very similar person to him. Okay. So I met, it was Eric Bach and I met him. Oh, in- I love Eric. I know Eric very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. I met him in John Romanello's mastermind. That's how we really got to know each other. And, uh, you know, I'll save you the details of a night where we were out partying in San Diego, like, you know, college buddies. But, um, 
Yeah. So he and I connected in the mastermind and, and it was again, a moment of, like you said, like this guy's just like me, you know, we're both good coaches. We're both like the, you know, the athlete who can get along with anyone who, you know, kind of bit of bro happening. But, and, and again, I'm like, why can I not get to this level? I need to invest in this and see where I can go. And again, like he helped me, he helped me get to that next spot. And then my final and my current mentor, like my last business coach, he's another guy that I met in, in Roman's mastermind. You may know him. I'm not sure. Xander Fryer. Um, I think we're connected, but I don't know him. I feel like on okay. Facebook we're connected. Yeah. Right. So he's not in the fitness world, uh, so to speak. He's in the coaching space. Um, so he um, actually, my first ever meetup in the States, I slept on his couch. I had nowhere to stay. <laughs> And it's that that got me to the place where I could invest. But the biggest thing with him again was, was the same thing was um, I kind of felt like a connection with him first, like first and foremost, I felt a connection with him. And then when we jumped on the phone for what I thought would just be like a friendly conversation, you know, I'd, I'd been through some tough times. I had was going through some stuff and I was like, I, I, I feel like this is a guy I need to talk to. He was talking a lot about mindset and a lot about belief systems and all this stuff on social media. And I knew him. So we connected and he really helped me to see that I, I did need to continue investing and I did need, there was something that was missing. And what that was, was the mindset work, the self-awareness work. I just hadn't done that. I had all the tools and all the, t the tactics and the strategies, but I hadn't done that. So I guess, you know, now that you say it, now that I think about it, you know, the first one, the attraction was money and what he had done. But then the other two were really like, I was really attracted to the person first mm -hmm. and saw that they had done something like what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And then that's what really drove me to do that. And, and I still talk to all three of them and I'm still would consider them all friends and Xander still a mentor. But yeah, I think, I think that's pretty powerful stuff is to feel like they've done what I want to do. And I feel like I'm a lot like them. So why don't, why not invest and see where, see where this goes, you know? You, thank you so much. Like, thank you so much for sharing that because I think as coaches, there is a, I don't want to say shame or guilt, but sometimes it feels weird to, um, at first to share that you're going through it because maybe we fear that if I share that I have a coach, then maybe it shares that I don't know enough or it goes back to that whole ego and that confidence thing. But totally. your journey in sharing like your process for coaches is just an example of why someone should invest in you because you've done it. And um, what just kept coming up for me there is like this idea of investment and how it really does. You have to put something big into the bucket to get the big result. And then the coach is more of like a guide, just showing you the way as you learn it kind of for yourself. Someone, I went to this retreat over the past weekend and she said something really powerful. She said, um, she goes, coaching is hard. She's like been in, she's been in the industry for 35 years. She's a little bit out there, but she said, you know, I got into the industry as a coach and uh, like a fitness coach. She's like, I literally quite literally did start in fitness. And she goes, the thing about coaching is that, and I don't totally agree with her semantics, but I, I like the mantra. And it was coaching is like, if we were going to climb a mountain together, coaching would be like, I'm teaching you how to walk. She's like, but if I'm guiding you to the top of the mountain, I'm not teaching you how to walk. You're doing the walking by yourself. I'm just showing you the way. And I will still always call myself a coach, but I really liked that slight change in the depiction yeah. of what we're doing. 
Yes, 100% of, um, you know, Sherpa or leader or whatever it is, you know, a lot of coaching is, is leadership. And, and actually my, my biggest rock star client of my fitness, like my business coaching, um, he was one of my first clients and he was actually like in my beta test and he was actually like growing his business faster than I was growing mine. And I remember sharing something with him about like, you know, I kind of feel like a bit of an imposter. Right. And he's like, a coach is just someone who's like a little bit ahead of, of the other person. Like you don't have to be this, like this, like Mecca, like you said at the top of a mountain, you just need to be like a little bit ahead reaching your hand back. Like, Hey, come on, come with me. You know, I know this stuff and I think I can help you with it. Come with me and I'll make sure that you can get here too. Yeah. You know, that's in the simplest essence, like you said, just teaching someone to walk or just kind of like grabbing someone's hand and saying, come with me. It's, it's just, it really is. That's the simplest way to think about it. Yeah. And I am really glad we just got here to this point because I want to call this, this episode, the art of coaching. And what's really cool uh, is I think we've, I think we've been able to tap into the psyche of the coach and the work that the coach has to do, but we've also tapped into any human with what work has to be done if you really are going to invest in coaching yourself. And then finally, we've hit on the point of um, what, uh, if there's someone out there who's thinking about becoming a coach, mm. what, what the, 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 I guess, disrobement of like not feeling like you have to be on the top of the mountain is is a really major lesson. So I guess the last thing I'd love, um, besides I do want you to rattle off um, where people can find you and, um, and offerings you currently have, but I would love to know, I don't know why, I feel like you might have some good recs of um, any books that have either changed your life or something you're currently reading that uh, mm -hmm. could be powerful for this time. Mm -hmm. um, this is something that I, I read every single day. I read oh. a passage from the Daily Stoic. Um, and it's literally like every day there's a passage and it's like a half page. Um, it's a quote from a stoic philosopher and then Ryan Holiday's take on it. Cool. Also, uh, rereading for the third time, um, Ryan Holiday's book, Ego is the Enemy. This is where, where some of the ego stuff came up. Um, cool. in terms of other books that I have found useful, um, I'm just going to look at my, at my bookcase here. Um, I know there's one, there's a couple. Um, one that I w really stuck with me at the time was So Good They Can't Ignore You by Chip and Dan Heath. Um, and also um, Predictably Irrational. And I think that's really a really good one nowadays because you know we think that people make decisions rationally and logically, completely false, right? <laughs> Any decisions people make, whether it be buying decisions or, you know, because I will tell you, when you're trying to get someone to eat a certain way, you're selling them on that, right? So the decisions to, to change their lives or whatever, it's never rational. So a really good book there. But currently, yeah, I've just been reading and rereading Ego is the Enemy. Um, Love it. In terms of where to find me, um, I'm showing up most often on LinkedIn nowadays. Uh, that's where we connected, uh, Gavin McHale. You can also find me on Instagram at Gavin McHale one. Um, but yeah, those are probably just, I'll keep it simple. Those are the best places to find me um, in terms of what I'm offering. Um, right now, I have tweaked my offer a little bit to help. Um, I, I work with strength coaches, personal trainers, initially to help them earn their first six-figure year without paid advertising. But 
right now, I'm because we are in this position, I'm helping them build the online piece of their business as not only a band-aid for right now, but as a viable income stream long-term. I think, like I said, if you think that we are gonna go back to normal, you are dead wrong, in, in my opinion, and the people that I've talked to. So I'm, 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 I'm totally invested in helping coaches. In-person will never, I don't think, go away. And I think that there's a ton of value to it but it's going to change. And if you real, if you are struggling right now, it's because you didn't build out an online portion and you didn't build what I call a resilient, resilient business. Mm-hmm. You can put an online piece into your business, whether it's 50% or 20%, it makes your business more resilient and it allows you to offer what you have to more people. So that's what I'm helping personal trainers and strength coaches do right now. Wow. And there couldn't be a, be a better time for it for your, what you're yeah. offering, which is really cool. Um, yeah. and again, shows that you've walked the path to build it. And, and that's why people should invest in you, which is, um, my hope for even, you know, putting this podcast out there. But what's so cool is I have interviewed, um, several coaches, uh, recently because I'm connected to a lot of mindset coaches as well. Um, but this was really cool. And I feel really called to, Uh, name this the art of coaching because we really dug into it. So thank you for being here, for reaching out. And um, I look forward to staying connected and uh, learning from you. So thank you. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to it too.